Hello, I'm Steph. And I'm Al. And this is The Source with Chicken and Chips Casting. We're bringing you conversations with people we love, talking about things we love and hate or feel strong feelings about. And it's all no BS. I'm going to ask you, what's your source of the week? What's your source? My source this week was basically getting pneumonia. Oh, my Mm. God. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely left a cough go a little bit too long. Mm. Um, It was pretty... It seems like a very innocent cough, and usually I get bad coughs because I'm an adult sufferer of croup, but that's a whole other thing. And it wasn't croup, it was just a bit of a cough, and I was like, oh, this will go away, and it just didn't, and then I could physically feel my body shutting down, like everything hurt, and I couldn't function unless I was on like two-hourly Nurofen and Panadol and could like needed to go to bed and literally couldn't function, um, which is always fun with a toddler. Um, and so then I like, and then the process of going to the doctor when you mm. in COVID is so dumb because the doctors don't let you come in unless mm. you've had a COVID test because you've got a cough. Yeah. So then you have to wait this extra 24-hour to 48-hour period to get your results of dying before you can actually get to a doctor. Anyway, so I got to a doctor and she looked at me and was like, oh, look, I think it's bronchitis, but it might be pneumonia, so we'll just get you on to some pills pretty quick. Wow. Yeah. So I've had a fairly uneventful week because of that. Well, that's the most eventful thing that could Mm. possibly happen to someone. I know, it's like the one time I don't get croup as a cough, I just get pneumonia. That's wild. Like, really. But didn't have COVID, so that's something. Well, yeah, that's um a real big positive. Mm. And I'm coming out the other side now, so, um, and I'd like to put a shout out to yourself, Steph, for taking care of business <laughs> while I <laughs> slowly die. So, well, my source of the week is getting this fucked message that says at five o'clock Friday that says because I said oh hey oh sorry didn't see your message or whatever and um how did you go at the doctor because I knew that you'd gotten into the doctor and whatever but I didn't realize because you didn't say anything how bad it was and you just said oh yeah got in uh could be bronchitis or pneumonia I'm just gonna go have a nap and then I'll be back on my emails in about an hour and I was like I literally, I, I, I was holding my phone and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Go I put bed, the phone Jessie. down and I was like, pneumonia, worst case scenario other than COVID, <laughs> worst case, like basically going to hospital at any moment. So like I picked <laughs> the phone up and I was like, okay. Kaya and I messaged Kaya and I was like hello what's your availability next week Kaya's our brilliant assistant um and she wrote back pretty quickly saying this blah blah and so I wrote back and I said uh no you won't be back on your computer and you'll also take next week off to be in bed which I had to remind you of on Monday might I add (laughs) put your fucking out of office on dabble in a little bit (laughs) 
dabbled in some things you might not notice, and she did notice. I and fucking I got, noticed. I noticed, and I was like, that fucker. <laughs> and then you just get this, and then I bet you were like, oh, fuck off, Steph. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh God, I can't get I can't get away with anything in, around here. No. I had to just delve into some tough love. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you did. I was concerned that you treated but, pneumonia as just, you know, some just minor yeah. cold and I inconvenience. Quite, yeah, didn't quite get it. And it is an inconvenience, that's for sure. <laughs> I didn't quite get it, but yeah, if I if I didn't take care of myself, I could have delved into the dark depths of mm. something a lot worse. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So but mm. we're here. We are. And here. look at me. I'm a week later and I'm You've got colour back in your face. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So thank you. Yes, well. I mean I didn't do anything. I just told you to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I need to be told, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that is our source for the last week. That's been it. This episode of The Source is brought to you by We Audition. We are big fans of this platform. And we plug it relentlessly in workshops and with actors. We hear so often actors can't find a scene partner for their audition, and this is the immediate solution. It's a global platform that helps you find a scene partner on demand through video chat for rehearsals and self-tapes. Worldwide! So if you need an accent or just decide to tape at 2am, We Audition is where you'll find someone. It also enables actors to meet casting directors, agents and industry experts for one-on-ones through video chat. Sign up for a membership to access actors and industry professionals all around the world. You could also be a reader for other actors, which is a great way to continue practicing and playing with scenes. We're offering our listeners a 25% discount on your membership when you use the code SOURCE25. That's S-A-U-C-E-2-5. Head to weaudition.com to sign up. SOURCE25 for your discount. This episode, we're super excited to chat to an up-and-coming actor who we've personally had our eyes on for quite a while now, an Adelaide local. She's appeared in ABC's The Letdown and Why You Like This and SBS's The Hunting. She won Best Female Actor at Tropfest in 2019 and has been nominated for Best Performance at Stella Film Festival 2020. South Australian Screen Awards 2019-2020 and WIFT VFest 2021. Current projects include lead roles in Network 9's Metrosexual and Fax Machine Films' new independent feature film, Bird Eater. Passionate about telling stories that push the envelope and having worked with a number of female directors, queer creatives and culturally diverse teams of storytellers, it's Shabana Aziz. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Hello, thanks for having me. Welcome, hello. We're so excited that you're here. We're, um, I mean, it sounded creepy in Steph's intro that we've, our intro that we've had our eye on you, but it's not as creepy as that sounds. I'm stoked. And now we've cast you in a couple of projects, so now we're just like quite fans of you. You're on our list. You're like my my um the closest thing I have to like mentors in the industry. I'm like oh, so stoked oh. to be here. Oh, that's so that's, nice. That is lovely. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess the best way to start. I mean, we've done 
we've sort of introduced you as a worker mm. and an actor, but can you just tell us and listeners, like, who are you? Who is Shabana? Oh, my God, that question is so stressful. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, like, 24, live in Adelaide, just trying to make it work. I'm, like, a very... Um, yeah, like I love art. I love acting. I love music. Um, I'd like to make some in the future. Um, I don't really know how to talk about myself outside of an arts context anymore. It's so weird. I didn't realize. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, We always find this question so difficult. And Uh I, I am always about the first thing I do is answer it with, well, I'm a casting director. Uh huh. So separating yourself from your work is really hard. Mm-hmm. especially because I find so much like personal joy and like value in it like you know it's a great way to meet people and be like all of a lot of my friends are artists and like it's a really great bonding exercise being on set together or whatever so it feels like it's bled so much into my life and who I am and you learn so much from the characters you play or you you must feel that way but the projects you cast or whatever like they really inform who you are on a personal level so I can't separate them anymore I think I think that's like such a positive thing though because like if you can't talk yeah. that way in such high light about what you do, then why uh-huh. are you doing it? Like that's so amazing. Yeah, and I definitely think with acting I go like I, for so long I wished I didn't want to act and I still kind of am like, oh, it's a pretty shit thing to want, you know, but I like love it so much, like <laughs> so much and I'll go through like the weekly rejection for it. Yes. <laughs> but like, yeah. To, to love it so much is really lovely because I think if you didn't love it so much, you would do literally anything else, right? That's so funny. I have a friend who's an actor and she used to always say she just wishes she wanted to be an accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just If I just wanted to be an accountant, <sighs> life would be so much easier. I feel that so hard, yeah. <laughs> an accountant, the most yeah. boring thing. I don't know why you jump from actor to accountant, but... Oh my god! No, I dream of I dream of being fulfilled by numbers. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be so much easier? Except being an accountant would be so hard. Mm, I can't count wish that on ourselves. No. That's my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you found like interesting that you think that your work has bled so much into who you are? Have you noticed any massive changes in who you are in the last X amount of years that you've been working professionally? Ooh. Um, yeah, I think so. I I was like a very, like, because I didn't train as an actor or anything. I kind of just randomly one day was like, oh, I'm going to do the thing I've been thinking about for since childhood, but I've never told anyone. Um, and everyone in my life was so shocked. Like I didn't tell people for ages until I got my first role until I was like maybe a few weeks away from shooting. Like no one knew. I was so mortified. I know it's what. <laughs> Yeah, because it was so out of left field. Like people were like, you're smart and you'll do academia or like, you know, it's you'll become such like a, a... There's that stigma on acting. Like if you uh-huh. dream too big to be an actor, you therefore should feel a bit of shame about it, which is so awful. Yeah, I and I grew up with a group of friends in school that were like very smart. And I remember one of them at a party one time after I'd become an actor. She just clearly, she wasn't thinking. She just said it without thinking. But she went, you know, I think actors go method because they're overcompensating for the fact that they don't contribute to society <laughs> I was like <laughs> but I think that's the vibe I grew up with like I have very you know like conservative 
parents who, you know, had expectations about how, the kind of jobs their kids were going to do. And I, you know, had groups of friends that were, you know, are now like lawyers and doing oh. med or whatever. And so, so how did me, you tell her? <laughs> um, um, how did I tell her? I think at a party in a big group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good intimidation. <laughs> yes, post-alcohol <laughs> with lots of witnesses. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so heavy. She would have just shrunk out of it. That's wild. Um, I can't believe you yeah. didn't tell anyone until you got – so what was your first role? My first role was um, – it was like before I had an agent or anything, I was like working at this – um, office for like you know like how f- with film we have all the state agencies across Australia and then mm-hmm. we have we used to have underneath them those like smaller agencies for emerging filmmakers mm-hmm. and South Australia is the only one left so I was like the production coordinator there and an actor pulled out of a role and then they were looking for and I quote anyone who kind of looked like a cat it was this like <laughs> film about this cat who turns into a girl and and um her owner her owner slash love interest, I don't know, um uh is like a swimmer and they have all these problems about her being afraid of water and he's a swimmer and he's like, Why don't you support me? And she's like, I'm afraid of water. Anyway, it was like <laughs> quite it was a lovely short film actually. I can't. Oh my sell god, it. That, that that sounds great. I would watch is. that. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, but I auditioned because my I told my boss, I was very quietly like, yeah, she was like, you know, you're here every day and you work in this office, but it doesn't seem like what you want to do. What do you actually want to do? And I was like, oh, like, you know, I like acting, but I've never done it. Like even I didn't do school, like drama in school. I didn't, I was not a drama kid, didn't go to drama school. Like no one would ever have guessed it about me. Um, And she was like, oh, well, you know, this role's opened up and you should audition and you you won't get the role, but maybe you can be an extra or maybe you can be a runner for them. on their set and I was like yeah I'd love to be on a film set like that would be really cool so I like <laughs> went and did the audition um and it was really I didn't I didn't realize that the culture around auditions is that you do the audition and they go yeah that was great next like I didn't realize that <laughs> so <laughs> I did the audition and the director was like that was fantastic thank you so much thank you and I was like oh okay like thinking that was like the, mo- the biggest insult of the world like I didn't realize that was just oh, standard and yeah. so I went outside and like cried on the pavement and then and booked the gig oh my oh, god was so random wow yeah and so I used that to like leverage like getting an agent and like you know that wow. tape got sent around a bit in Adelaide to a few mates and they cast me in a few things and because I mean I'd nothing like getting your first audition <laughs> that's pretty good yeah, it was very, I was very lucky, like very right place, right time, right vibe. I think also that, that I think my stupidity was very useful in that sense. Cause I think a lot of people interpreted the character as like, they did like magical realism and like they made her a real cat, but I played her like a train wreck cause I was a train wreck and that was exactly the vibe. <laughs> she was just a bit of a mess, that character. And um, so how old were you then? Oh, this wasn't long ago. This was like three years ago, 2018. Oh, wow. So yeah. you literally only started acting three years ago. I think you were maybe like the first tape I sent <laughs> Like you were one wow. of the first three. Yeah. And you would just not guess it because we got that tape and we were like, oh, yeah, she's legit. Mm-hmm. Like where has she <laughs> You been? immediately made our ones to watch list. Like the minute that, that we pushed play on your tape, we were like, Holy oh, shit. my God that's amazing yeah, yeah. that's so well, no you're amazing like, yeah so this just um, this is just like a great um a great you're a great case study for um you know not having to go to, to drama school and take that like 
really prescribed journey. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think every every actor has their own way of getting where they are. And oh my god, yeah, it just is very comforting to other actors who are going <laughs> down this same path and having that battle with, you know, do I go to drama school or not? Yeah. Um, and building Completely. up a body of work, you know. Yeah, well, and I think it's different for theatre. Like I, I did, I've done a few plays now, like a bit of independent stuff and a bit more like in Adelaide. And it, it's such a different skill set. Like it's just completely different to screen. Mm. And I think that like I, I love drama schools and I think they're a great place to learn. And but but uh, but I I studied arts and media. So I kind of had this other learning where I was, I got out of uni and I was like ready to be unemployed. Like I'm so good at it. Like in between gigs, I do not struggle. Whereas drama school kids, like they studied like eight to six, for four, mm-hmm. three, four years straight. They're not used to the fluctuation and the the spare time and the, the rejection. Like they're just so used to the grind and it's not that. <laughs> like yeah, you need no. to get good at just sitting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. being, and I was, I was very prepped for that very well in my arts degree. That's so good. That's actually great advice yeah. that I've never considered so much. Actually, I think everyone started to learn now in lockdown times uh-huh. how challenging it is and how, how how unprepared we all are to just sit mm. yeah. and be bored sometimes. <clears throat> I think it's so useful. I don't think I, like, I think that creativity is, boredom is such an important thing for creativity. I think if you're constantly on the go, you can't think like a creative. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Some yeah. of my best work comes from when I'm like completely bored. Mm-hmm. I think it forces you to look into other things and pick up weird hobbies and like, yeah, yeah. I think it's so, so useful. And in prep for auditions and like roles, like the best thing to do is sit with it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So great. So now what path were you on before this audition came up? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I did like, I knew I wanted to do I wanted to act when I was really little, but I had really, really conservative parents and I just was not allowed. Um, and it was a real struggle, like trying to figure that out for myself. I wanted to do it if it was going to be such an uphill battle um, with my friends and family or whatever. Um, so I did like an arts and media degree and um, was kind of a bit of a mess, like kind of floating between stuff. Um, had no idea. Like it was, it's a weird thing, like building a life you don't really want. You know what I mean? That's what it kind of felt like. I was like working towards this thing and getting really good grades and like getting internships and being like, I really hate all of this. Um, but I got an internship um, at the Mercury CX, it's called now, which is like the most amazing organization. Like they're all amazing. It's a great place to work. Everyone's so supportive. I like hit the jackpot. And four days into my internship, the new admin person that they just hired got her dream job in Melbourne. They were looking for someone. And they all turned to me and they're like, do you want the job? I'm like, you can just have it because we know you can do the thing. Um, and I got, so I got a job there and I met all these filmmakers and we did things like, um, they're the organisation that run a screenmakers conference in South Australia and they run South Australian Screen Awards and they do a bunch of like mentoring funding for emerging filmmakers, web series, shorts, that kind of thing. Um, they're really incredible, like a really incredible organisation for filmmakers. And so that I made so many friends there. And I kind of went, oh, maybe I want to make films. Um, I don't. Um, I'm really bad. <laughs> but that was kind of the thing. I, I think I kind of went, oh, maybe if I can't be an actor, maybe making films is the next best thing. But um, now that I know how much it takes to make a good film, I know I don't have it yet. And so I'm going to stick to acting for now.
it feels like you've been through so many things in such a short amount of time to find your path and you've kind of found it. Yes, I'm very happy now. Yeah, like, but you're really only 24. Happy. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Most I people are all sitting around it. here being like, what's my purpose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 33 um, and what is it? Um, but like you found it at 21. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it'll go well forever, you know. No, it's going but well let's now. ride the wave. Mm. Let's ride yes. that wave. Yes, yep. we coast while we can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. I love that. And you've been working basically nonstop. Whatever did happen for me. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. I got, I've been very lucky. Um, yeah. Very lucky. Yeah. So how have you found it? Um, because I know that like in we're in Sydney, obviously, and we still find mm. actors feel so challenged or hard done by sometimes because they're not um, getting in the room or whatever it is. How have like for you, you've still managed such great success. So how have you found being in Adelaide for the whole <sighs> career, basically? You know what? I actually think a smaller city is a great place to start out, especially if you're on like an alternative pathway. Like no one would have noticed me if I was in a bigger city, you know, like, like because I was in such a small city and working in such a small pool of people, I was able to kind of get enough experience to, to make, you know, like figure out what I wanted to do and, and have it work. And then bigger things came. Um, and I think I also got really lucky because the hunting, they cast the hunting maybe like, a few months after I became an actor. Like I just got really lucky that there were a bunch of brown roles were written around the time I was, because I think I've timed it really well unwittingly. Like Me Too had just happened a few years earlier and then it was sort of morphing into a chat about race and representation in that sense. And so there was like a real um, hunger for like people of color to be on screen. But a lot of drama schools hadn't you know, I mean, and, and fair enough, they're casting four years worth of shows. So they have a very small pool of people that they can sort of make that puzzle work for for four years. So I totally understand um, there are certain complications, <laughs> including in um, lots of people and diversifying those those institutions. Um, but I think because it was, there was no untrained brown actors really, you know, in Adelaide and and in a lot of places that that people like me were able to be seen and able to be competitive. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Timing, I think. I think, yeah, I mean, embracing that because um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of actors in your shoes would have bolted and moved to Sydney and or, or Melbourne maybe mm-hmm. um, because the perception is, you know, that I need to be living in the metro city that all the work happens and in Australia that happens to be Sydney and Melbourne. Um mm-hmm. But I think that actors, I mean, you've booked, I want to say, basically every audition that we've given you from a self-tape. Is that right? Would that be right? I think there was one. Oh, there one. was one where you yeah. saw me for like three characters for the same show and I just was like failing at all of them. <laughs> no, not failing. We were just trying really hard. We just wanted you to get a, get a role. <laughs> not failing. That's how badly we love you. And we were like, where can she go? Everywhere. <laughs> that was a funny day though. All those tapes. I remember that actually. Yeah. Driving away from the studio, getting a call. We got another one. Driving back. What was that? What was that project? <clears throat> that was a project I really wanted. It was like a full female cast and crew, I think. It was set in like a retreat. Oh, the retreat. 
Oh, yeah, the retreat's oh, great. The retreat. Yeah, oh, it hasn't that been released sick. yet. Oh, I'm very excited for it. Mm, Whoever so got the gigs, plural. <laughs> they had a great time. <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. That's, uh, we just really wanted you to like, yeah. in there, in that ensemble. But you know what? I actually feel like the start of my career was very much, and still sometimes, it's a lot of like just taping for a role you know you won't get. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I taped for a role the other like a few a month a few months ago that was like a 35-year-old woman and like the character calls her auntie at one point. I'm 24 and I look like a young 24. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I just want to be seen by this casting director. I just want them to know, like, you know what I mean? Like know that I can do this new thing. And that's so much like the book, the room, not the gig vibe, right? Like yeah. you got to tape for shit you're wrong for. I think, I think that that's, yeah, that, I mean, Steph's a huge advocate for that, but it bugs <laughs> us to no end that actors are like, I'm not right for this. I'm not going to audition. And you're like, what a wasted opportunity yeah. and just time to play, practice. Right. And you're right. Put a tape in front of a casting director. Who gives yeah. a shit? But I yeah, think it's also something to note about the um, the casting director has obviously got a creative, has obviously had some sort of creative idea around right. you as an actor for that mm-hmm. role. So regardless of whether on paper the age or whatever it is is right, mm-hmm. it's more of a creative license for the casting director to go and sell you as this character with slight oh, yeah. tweaks, you know. Yeah, and it's always that's always the case, right? Where you go for a smaller role, you're really wrong for it, and they go, "Okay, here's this bigger thing. Okay, here's this bigger thing." Yeah. Or they just go, "No, Shab, yep. you're wrong for the drunken bogan. Um, we're not going to cast you as that," <laughs> which is also fair. But it's even like, how many times did we see you? Obviously, for the retreat, for how many different roles? They never wasted. That was not wasted because now we have these tapes of you doing different roles in mm-hmm. different ways. Oh yeah. And you call yeah, that it failure, fun. not failure. No, very fun. And I think that's yes. maybe the difference between some trained actors and untrained actors where like I, no one let me act for the first like 21 years of my life. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have, I couldn't do it. And so this thing of like, someone's letting me do it for free. Like I don't have to pay for a class. You're just letting me act yes. and not charging me money. Wild, like blew my mind. I was so excited for every audition. That's because I just great. That's a great to philosophy to have about auditioning. Yeah, they're free classes. They really are. And it's refreshing, so refreshing. Yeah. You need to just thoroughly enjoy it. But I think, I think if I'd spent four years and that much money, like maybe I would have a different mindset, you know, because the pressure on, on, on mm. making that training worthwhile is, is so hectic. I think we need to, like, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure for trained actors to succeed and it's, it's really hectic for them, I imagine. Yes, mm. yes, because a lot of money, time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's a, it's it, they've got a lot of assumed success. There's an expectation of success because they've been there. So. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Totally. To have hot air blown up your ass for that long, I think, would just fuck anyone up. Ugh. Yeah. And then there's no more hot air when you come out. And no, <laughs> it's a crash down to reality. Yeah. No. which is you know what why I'm really grateful for the friends and family I had when I started because I was like well I'm doing this for me <laughs> no one likes it <laughs> no one wants it <laughs> yes yeah yeah you didn't have people telling you just you can do it you're the best 
Yeah, they were like you should sense of security. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you know, totally. tra- um, you know, actors, parent actors, or stage mum, or moms. you know, oh, that wants mom. to see their own su- their their failure reflected in the success of their child. Yeah, you know, which we yeah. see a lot of. Oh, really? So now, are your parents like, oh shit, we should have let you do acting because you're really good? No, 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 no. They're a bit mortified. Which I think will be forever, and that's fine. <laughs> no, they're really, yeah, they, they've never seen me. I don't think they've ever seen me act. They've seen me on, like, billboards and stuff every now and then. Um, but but no, 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 no. My siblings are great, though. My siblings have seen me act a bunch. That's so funny. Yeah, but, but it really, I think people go, oh, my God, that's so sad. But I don't mind it at all because, because it gave me such a good, strong foundation for being sure of myself yeah. and that I'm not doing this for praise. And, and if, I, if I do and I don't get any praise, it doesn't bother me because mm. I'm, I'm used to that. I'm so used to that. It just doesn't, like it's given me a really thick skin and, and a really great perspective and I actually really appreciate the reality check they gave me. Yeah, it's so. interesting because it means that you're not doing it to seek validation from your parents no which a lot of people do things that they don't want to do Mm -hmm. because of that well that's the that's the whole premise of a stage mum right Mm -hmm. that they stage mums and dads kids are just backed into it under such pressure Mm. I always think they must be such anomalies but are they really common Yeah. yeah really yeah oh yeah what real mm. very real i always think if my parents wanted me to be an actor they wouldn't have given me such an annoying name like shabana aziz is like the worst stage name of all time i think it's so great I like love it's it. so interesting yeah no i love no. it i always <laughs> see your name and i'm always like oh that name that's gonna be that's gonna be yeah. in lights in a cinema oh like, god yeah uh, it, it'll be spelt wrong, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, can't win them all. So where did you go from the from the cat scared of water turning into a human <laughs> film? Um, well, that tape was shared with... Um, Leela Varghese, who's like a local filmmaker, who's one of my best mates now. And she was, um, yeah, she's really great. She's like a presenter and has been done some acting stuff and is a filmmaker and is really, really good at like comedic filmmaking. Is just amazing at it. And she, um, off the back of that, cast me in in her film Crush, which is like a short film, and that went to Tropfest. And so that's, and that got to Stella Film Festival, got into South Australian Screen Awards, it got into, I'm sure, other places. Um, Melbourne Indian Film Festival. It got into a bunch of things. And that was the um, one that you co-won best performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she's cast me in a bunch of stuff. And I think that winning Tropfest was such an interesting thing because I think as an untrained actor, I had very little like, um, like I wasn't very like, <laughs> um, I didn't have much reputation. It was a bit like bootleg, you know, like, and I think having an award behind me felt like training. Like it did the same thing. It validated me in a weird way. Yeah. Um, which was really interesting. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that when, that you that feeling validated by getting an award for doing good work is is a better a better thing than doing something for validation from somebody. Mm. Uh huh. You yes. know, because you can. It's a marker. 
I, I am the same. I would. I love getting awards for stuff because it validates me. It validates that I'm doing a good job. You know, I love it. Uh-huh. Everyone, I love give me a trophy. I love or a trophy. Even- Line them up. <laughs> Or even more than I always feel like those things aren't like meritocracies really, but it because you know the, everyone's great at acting and you're not gonna like you know often you go you're not gonna win best actor for a comedic performance but that doesn't mean you weren't great I think for me um, awards are really lovely because it means someone saw it yeah <laughs> which at this level is such an exciting thing yeah that's so true yeah. and they saw and it how- amongst a bunch of other films and a bunch of other actors and. Mm-hmm really critiqued your performance, you know, like mm. paid attention. Yeah. Yeah, it's really lovely. Yeah. That's great. So that's what happened. And then I leveraged that to sort of get an agent um, and, and they were really lovely to me in, in Adelaide. It was just great. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then where did you end up? Was Metro next? Guesty on Metro 1? No, it was the letdown. I did the letdown oh, first. Yeah. I did season two. Um, and it was my what first time, like, on, a, oh my god, what a good time! So good. amazing. Yeah. yeah, I was on for like one day. I f- like, I flew to Sydney, so <laughs> like, flew back the next day. It was like so exciting. I was like, oh my god, yes. they like tailored my my costume to me. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it was amazing. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah, and it was one of those weird things because it was my first time on set, and I didn't know how set worked. Like, I just had no clue how sets that big work. <laughs> Um, I couldn't figure out who the director was. (laughs) I think I was a bit too dumb to be terrified. Like, you know, like just a bit too ignorant about how great the show was and how like exciting it was to be there. I'd gotten it off this really weird tape (laughs) that I'd sent in where I'd like done an improv bit about Ikea. Um, So it was already, I was just, and that's, I think the thing, it was like when you're not putting much pressure on tapes, you're just sending in whatever, right? Like you're like having a lot of fun. And with comedy, I think they see that you've like got a little something of yourself yes. in there and they like usually respond really well to that in comedy, I find. Um, but, yeah, that was let down was first, yeah. I feel like you could teach your own um, class on just bringing a good attitude to actors for the audition <laughs> process. I feel like you've got yes. some insights that I just wish all actors held on mm. to a little oh, bit. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I find it. I think I didn't realize because I had no actor friends for so long. All my friends were film and like crew because um, that was what I'd worked in. And um, so I didn't realize that that auditions were really scary and toxic and, and awful. And there was a lot of pressure on them until much later. And then I actually panicked. Like I think once I started getting bigger auditions, I kind of went, oh my God, it needs to be like, I, I forgot that it was about giving something of yourself. And I kind of went, well, it's the right thing to do instead of being like aware that it's just, just be interesting, do something fresh. And if they, they can, they know they can direct you yeah, and that's fine. You know, I think that, yeah, the pressure did come in when I realized everyone else was feeling pressure. Oh, interesting. I mean, yeah, see, it's because you've, you built your own foundations outside of the um, prescribed way oh my of God, doing completely. it. Yeah. And even things like the way I mark up scripts is so different from like the theater way. Like I don't do beats and I don't do like, I was like the first time I did theater, they were like, let's beat this script. And I was like, fuck, like, what does that mean? I had no idea, <laughs> but it was like a violent, like a physical violence exercise. I was like, I don't know. You're ritualistic. You just bash your script against yeah. the wall for a minute. Yeah. I was so confused. Um, but, but after that, I was like, oh my God, do I need to beat my script? Am I doing it wrong? Um, and then I found this like video of like, 
someone talking about how Anthony Hopkins does a really similar thing to what I do. And I was like, so validated. I went back to my original way and started booking roles again. It was like the best thing ever. What's that? I I think about, um, oh, this is so embarrassing. And it's probably not even, Anthony's probably doing something very different. Um, I don't want to like (laughs) co-opt his his process. Um, But I do like, I write with every line what the character's actually thinking. Like I subtext it. So internal monologue constantly. And then I think those thoughts instead of thinking the line, because I think people sometimes just think the line. And I think objectives and beats can be so prescriptive. Like I think it's harder to be directable and and fluid if you're like stuck in what your character wants. Whereas if you're thinking thoughts, I think it, especially for screen, I think it's like in your eyes, there's something more there. Yes. Oh my God. This is so <laughs> insightful. Like I love I know. it. But also like, how is it that you say all these things and you're not trained? Like it's crazy. I don't know. It's wild. I think it was the only, it was genuinely when I first got that cat script, it was genuinely the only thing I could think of doing. Like I just, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I couldn't think of anything else. And then I got that audition and I went, well, okay, great. Like I'll just, I'll just keep up. And I think I found it interesting as well. Mm. I think that was probably a great role for you to start in because you were not actually playing well. You, you weren't playing another human all the time. You were playing a cat. So mm-hmm. it forces you to think differently about how to, you know, create a character around that. Uh-huh. Yeah, completely, completely. And I think um, the thing other people did with that maybe was, was they did a lot of physical stuff, which you can't see on, on screen. All you can see are the eyes and the tape, right? Um, yeah. And. But I think something about that character I was very like, well, she is, not to contradict what you're saying, but she is very human mm-hmm. in that she's like feeling all these feelings and falling in love for the first time. And like, she has like fears and phobias, but hopes and dreams. And like, she's just coming into, it was like a very coming of age film in like a very literal sense. Like she was just, she'd been born as a human, a dead. Um, <laughs> but under that, under that, like, I, th- I think what actually got me the role was like the deep, deep insecurity. And like the, like the vulnerability of like, I'm really putting myself out there right now because I've never done this before. And I'm just, I really hope you like me, which is exactly what that character was going through, right? She was like, I was a cat a day ago and now I'm. <laughs> I just have to watch this film. <laughs> yes. oh, I'm not even sure what link? to expect of it, but I'm really keen. I will, I will find a way to send it to you. Yes. yes. That's so funny. <laughs> but I, I think um, also, yeah. No, you go, carry on. Well, I was going to say about, I just remember this thing. I, um, I think a lot of my like quote unquote training was from working at, at the film place at the Mercury CX. Mm. Cause I remember it was, you know, Mike Jones, the rioter. Yeah. He's, okay. he's amazing. I love him so much. Um, he came and did like springboard, which was this like, um, program we had filmmakers where they would do like a weekend intensive of directing a weekend intensive of writing and a weekend intensive with a producer. And they were like phenomenal. Um, and he said this thing where he was like, when you're writing, always write what the character, like think, what, what does the character want to say? And then remove it from that meaning three times. So if the character wants to say, I love you, don't make them say, I love you. Make them say, oh, you, you, I like you. And then remove it again. Oh, yeah, you're kind of cool. And then remove it again, like, you know, and mm-hmm. keep that process. And then you'll get dialogue that's fresh. Yeah. Right. And not um, really. Um, yeah, it's, it's like that bad writing thing of yeah. just, yeah, there's no internal thought. Yes. Mm. And so I think that was a really great thing of I went, oh, what is, if I remove it three times from this line, what what am I thinking? 
Interesting. Mm. Maybe that validated my thought process pre-Anthony Hopkins realisation. Yeah. And then, I mean, really, basically you're Anthony Hopkins level now. (laughs) Let's edit that out. (laughs) That's just. Oh, that's so good. I actually really love that. That's such great advice. And I think everyone should try that on their scripts. Well, I think it's just about coming up with a process that works for you because you said Mm. it before in that you tried something else and it wasn't working and when you reverted back to your old, the way that you, that made sense to you and that worked for you, you booked roles again. So Mm. it's just like, Uh you know, just because you go, and I keep saying this, but because you go to to drama school and they teach you this way doesn't mean that that is actually the way that works Mm. for you. Yeah. Completely. Like you have a toolkit, you pick what works and you don't pick what doesn't work and Mm. and that's totally valid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So then the letdown, that set Mm -hmm. you up on set. When When did we get to Metro? I think a full like eight months later. Okay. Yeah, the first Metro gig. So we're talking about Metrosexual, which is streaming on Nine now. Mm -hmm. And you booked a guestie on that. I played medical student too. Wasn't named (laughs) in season one. And what then happened, (laughs) Shabana? Well, you called me. Oh, no, did Riley call the producer? And and Lead called up my agent and said, we've got another thing for her. And they'd written a character called Yasmin Daga, which my middle name is Yasmin. And I was like, (gasps) So excited. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. Wow. I know I was so I was so excited. And I love that script. I love like the way Henry and Nick write us. It's so fun. Like it's such good comedy writing. So good. Um and I was so excited to tape that. And and it's that character is my sister. <laughs> really? My sister is really, really intelligent, like really smart, and like has never failed at anything in her life. Um like just succeeds in every capacity is such a girl boss, like a re- like phenomenal woman. You know what I mean? I don't use those words lightly. She is the best. Um, but she can be very like, <laughs> sometimes she doesn't realize how like she, she talks to you very matter of factly and you're like, I feel like I'm seven years old and quite stupid. <laughs> um, and, and that was exactly what that character was. I was so excited. And I told my sister, um, and I told her that I improved a few lines that I'd heard her say in real life and that the directors loved it and she was stoked. <laughs> oh, my God, that's great. <laughs> I think so. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. I had the best time on that set. That was, like, my first ever, like, on set every day for three Regular. weeks kind of gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was amazing. An amazing first one to start with as well. Like, it was so light and breezy and fun. Yeah. Laughed on set every day. Yeah. yeah. What a t- I, we watched a, um, a bloopers clip. I was in it. hysterics. It was that. so fun watching those bloopers. Oh I my can't God. imagine how much fun you had on set. Ryan is so funny, Ryan yeah. Shelton. I, yeah, I'm so glad I had a very few scenes with him because I was like, I, I lose it so quickly if someone makes me laugh. And I was like, thank God I'm not. like Because <laughs> he would improv for just so long. <laughs> I was I just, just like, for how... some of them, I couldn't understand mm. why people weren't pissing themselves laughing. <laughs> I, was just I don't know how was... you don't. <laughs> oh, they were amazing. Yeah. No, that was a great, great shoot. So funny. I can't wait to see that show. Yeah, that'll be amazing. Mm. That's that's putting Shabana on the map. 
Yeah. I'm very glad I got the um like the straight character as well. Like, you know, like I think when I was like the only non non comedian mm, like, yeah. in in principal cast when we first start started and then um yeah and I was like oh thank god I'm not the one who has to bring the jokes because like <laughs> everyone else is <laughs> so funny so funny they were amazing yeah I mean so, there's another good training ground for you mm-hmm. you know being around oh, yeah. all of those amazing comedians and being able to play the straight character to be able to take in all of that mm-hmm. mm. yeah. yeah yeah it was wonderful Grassroots training. Love it. Mm. Big fan. Big fan mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. It's, I think, really special as well because I think I know a lot of drama, like drama school trained kids who want to work in screen a lot but didn't get a lot of support in that in that place. And I think especially like like comedy um, sets and smaller sets are really like a really lovely way to train in that way without much pressure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's been like, you said when you went to the letdown, you were like, no idea how big sets work. But now that you've had a fair bit of experience, what's been the biggest thing you've learned that now you've got to take with you? Ooh. Did you get on set and be like, oh, I shouldn't do that? Or I got on set. I was like, why is unit base so far from location? <laughs> like, it didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> uh, but now I know it's a huge operation and there's a lot going on behind the scenes. <laughs> Right, so technical learnings, technical learnings. Don't question yes. them. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, we're getting on another bus? Like, what? Oh, God. Um, oh, what have I learnt? Um, I think how to take up space has been a really interesting um, learning experience. Like, like there are so many skills. Yeah, like you need to be good at the makeup chair. You need to just, just sit still and shut up and like be good at that. But when you're playing, you're allowed to play and take up space and don't be worried about having them extend this, you know, like playing with this new thing. Like, yeah, not doing a take the exact same as last time, but making sure you know continuity, like that kind of thing, like where you can take up space, which is in performance yeah. and in your timing and in your play, but not taking up space by being a brat in costume or whatever you know like that's been a really great thing of going actually there are a whole bunch of other skill sets I need to need to know how to like exist in this workspace because the culture is very different to other workspaces um Hmm. yeah is that an answer that is a great answer answer yeah Yeah. very was unexpected I think it's a I think one of those things I, I really thought about when I first started acting was um, can I, not, do I like this job? Not, do I like acting, but do I like working this job? Which is mm-hmm. a very different question. Mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of actors are such amazing, amazing actors, but they can't handle instability mm. or they can't handle free time. So don't become an actor. Like, just don't do it. Cause you'll be miserable no matter how much you like acting, the culture will ruin it for you, mm. you know? Yeah. And also it's like an ego thing too because you have to work with all kinds of different people in the process. So mm-hmm. if you can't manage your own ego, it's going to be quite hard. Oh, yeah. I think there's something to also be said for um, rejection in that, you know. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you touched on it earlier is that um, actors are probably the biggest um, profession that just get constantly rejected, like on a daily basis, you just get Uh rejected. Mm. Um, And a lot of people do struggle with that and that's why they struggle with the audition process, I think, 
But I think being rejected has been like one of the most wonderful um, tools for self-awareness I've ever encountered. Like, like often when I don't get the gig, I look at the person who got the gig and I go, oh yeah, no, I see, I see why they picked that person, which I think is a really lovely thing where you go, you know, especially in screen, maybe theater is a bit different, but screen, it's like, you don't get the gig because you're too short or you're too this or you're too that, you know, and it's nothing to do with performance or how good you are at acting. You just go, oh, but that person has these eyes that are really innocent but naive and yours are too fun or like whatever it is. It's just like casting is such a like puzzle piece, right? It's like, you might be the most beautiful puzzle piece in the world, but if you don't fit in this puzzle, you just don't fit in this puzzle. Mm. Um, And so that's been a, like rejection has been a really wonderful thing because it's made me go, okay, what am I? Because I'm not what she is and I'm not what she is. And it's made me realize what I have to offer. Yeah. And, and then you can whole, lean into it. Lean into it. There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are cute. We share the same brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, if, as casting directors, what would you say to actors about rejection? Oh, look, I think that it's this whole, it's basically taking your philosophy of auditioning and applying mm-hmm. that and not putting so much pressure on the process. And mm-hmm. if you see an audition as an opportunity to act, then the rejection shouldn't actually be a, a factor in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and it's I, like what you were saying, we always talk about there's so much that's out of your control um, and not taking that to one specific area of your life, i.e. am I good enough, uh-huh. not taking that as just a worthiness Thing versus uh-huh. there are so many components to this whole process that are out of many people's control. Yeah. Yeah, completely. That's really lovely. Mm. Mm. It's so not relevant as a, a tool for like it's, it's not a quality tool. Like you can't tell how yeah. good your acting is by how many, how many uh-huh. roles you get. You just can't. can't. It's not relevant. how beautiful you are or traditionally like. In, in demand you are like it's just so there's so many things that people can take personally that's just not it's not worthwhile yes because it's such a subjective thing and we talk about this all the time is that you know the way that we we read a script and who we think would be great for the roles mm-hmm. could be different to the way if you read a script how you would see those roles being cast it's really it's so subjective and it's the same same with auditions you know everyone mm-hmm. in the process watches those through a different lens through a different life experience through you know a different way of re- um how they've read the script and what they what they've pictured in their brain mm-hmm. so um to relinquish that control and yeah as you said before just see it as a free acting lesson <laughs> you know because it's a fresh mm-hmm. piece of material it's a new character it's something uh-huh. that you've never Ne- you've never done before and I think a lot a lot of actors really do um yeah they don't lean into that opportunity are there any actors you know this is such a random question but like that that are amazing performers but no one's writing anything for them like is that a thing you come up against a lot yes yeah, right. I mean, it, it's this thing, I mean, we're seeing it. We're seeing a shift now, I think, particularly because of the diversity conversation and authentic mm. casting and conscious casting. Um, there, it, it is opening up a bit more, but I think mm-hmm. that there's still so much um, space to grow 
for some actors that we're just like, this person needs to be like mm. success, hugely successful, but there are just no, yeah. nothing's being written. Mm-hmm. I think as well, even though things are opening up and everyone is more open-minded, it's still with it's still quite prescribed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then we feel like we're still trying to fit within a box and that's what Steph and I are always trying to do is think outside of that and look at every role mm-hmm. open-mindedly, not so prescriptive to something. No, completely. You're so right. And you're so you're so good at that. Like you're really some of the best like conscious casting directors I've ever I've ever encountered. I love you guys so much for that. I think it's really special. Oh, that's lovely. Conscious casting directors. Let's, I love it. We'll take that. Mm, yeah. You can have it. Yes. That's great that our philosophy is, you know, being recognised. Like well, it. I think it's it's an interesting thing because I'm very aware that I'm like a very like quote unquote like palatable brown girl, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you do often go, oh, I'm only getting seen for the roles that are written to be that colour, which is great that they're finally happening now but so lovely to be seen for roles that that have no that have no race assigned to them and to actually have a casting director go oh let's get everyone like girls girls this age range in you know like that's such a weird Mm. thing that is actually just really quite rare despite everyone claiming that they're doing it you know (laughs) yeah I mean imagine if we had a little bit more creative freedom for casting you know because I think we get given these briefs sometimes and I'm like, you've given us this box, uh-huh. right? And we have to, and I don't work well at all with given. Like I don't even read the freaking, <laughs> I don't read the shit that they give me because I'm like, I don't want the box. I just want to read the script and then I'll tell you uh-huh. who I think <laughs> will be playing this role. <laughs> you know, That's it's so just so creatively <sighs> frustrating and limiting. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. As a casting director's process, that's so, as an actor, that's so interesting to hear. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever gotten that information anywhere else, what a casting director's process is like. Mm-hmm. I, I think don't know, as I soon can't as- talk for anyone else, but that's my, that's the way I do it. Because if I, if I read something that I, then I suddenly have this idea in my head and I'm like, oh, I can't get that out of my uh-huh. head. So then I just read the characters with those filters on. Uh-huh. But if I don't have the filters and I read the script and then I go and then I can go and read the treatment because I've already got a bunch of ideas that I can go, okay, uh-huh. these are my ideas and then how do they fit with and sometimes they're really close to what the director has and sometimes uh-huh. they're not and which <laughs> is a good thing, you know. Yeah, wow. I think as soon as you demystify the casting process, actors become a lot less competitive and and insecure mm. about it. Yes. Like the more I learn, to, the more I learn about it, the more I go, oh, it's not about me. That's doesn't yeah, matter. It's the ego thing. You've got to remove your ego. Everyone has to remove their ego from it and know that we're all just trying to do a creative fun job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all just we all are just so lucky to work in a creative industry and we just want to have fun with our work. And we're so yeah. lucky to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. God, wow. Wow, that's fascinating. If you ever want to tell me more about your particular process, I would be very interested in hearing Maybe everything you about start that. a podcast. will you interview yourselves for one yeah maybe we should you would you would be great guests on this podcast (laughs) it'd be so so hard to ask each other questions without already knowing your answers Mm. (laughs) you'd have very good segues 
Mm. Yes. God, we could talk for hours. I know exactly where it was going. We do. We do. (laughs) All right. So, well, given that you've had so many successes in such a, feels like such a short period of time, how would you define success? Um, oh God. Um, I, I, I would say for me right now, which is not to say I'll, I'll feel this way in a few months or even tomorrow, um, is, is I would love to be doing what I love and being, um, compensated for that, whether that be emotionally, physically, (laughs) financially, um, uh, (laughs) we all need to pay our bills. Yes. And, and not have to do anything else. Like, I think that would be, if I could just act and that could sustain my life, that would be, that would be success. Amazing. And, and the more I work, the more I realize that that is not a modest goal, actually. <laughs> that is like big goals, you know? Yeah. We're a fan of big goals. Steph is all about big goals. I don't know if you know, but she's a big goaler. I'm and a big goal. Very overwhelming. But <laughs> yes, I panic people, particularly I'm all for now. It. Are you like a public goal list writer? Are you a mood board? I'm a vibe? mind mapper and <gasps> from there I get crazy ideas and goals and then have to be somewhat <laughs> put back in my box a little bit. Most uh-huh. message threads start from Steph saying, I have an idea. <laughs> and then usually it's a, uh, um. And then the response is, oh, fuck, what now? <laughs> No, you know what? I love that. I love um, starting shit before I know how hard it's going to be. <laughs> we do that all the time. Yeah. Every you don't time. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly how you get shit done. If you knew how hard, like if I knew how hard it was going to be to act, I would never have started. Like yeah. all of the things, you know, you've got to just, you do it and you learn along the way or you'll never start because you'll be paralyzed by fear. Totally. totally. It's the blissfully ignorant. Uh-huh. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, truly. Blissful unawareness. Whatever. Go with the mm-hmm. flow. Yeah. I like yeah. it. <laughs> it seems like it served you well. It, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, I've got someone tell I've got someone giving me like steps to get to the thing. Yeah. Al. Mm. Yeah. I give Al the big idea and she's like, okay, this this time, this time, <laughs> this much money. <laughs> do you still want to do it? Or should but we But I've wait? I've very <laughs> Very rarely have I ever said no and or just followed through with you. No, you've wow. never said no to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, ha- knowing you very well, I have a feeling that that's not, that, that maybe you should say no to me. <laughs> <laughs> Something I'm working on. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm hoping to hear no a lot more in the future, um, yeah. in which case, you know, I'll have to just figure out my own small steps. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah well that's good I think we're 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 very um on board with your big goals Shabana I don't think you you. should hold back in in that financial stability through acting that's the dream huge yeah I mean we all want that right we all want financial stability in the thing that we love doing Mm. oh because if you don't I know people go you should just want to do it for free because you love it so much but it's like well if I if I have to do other shit I'll be shit at acting like you know what I mean like Mm. more time like money is time and if you have time you can dedicate it to to doing a good job and I think that's That's so important yeah Yeah. people that make you feel guilty for wanting money can can fuck off yeah absolutely because it makes you resent it though Mm. It brings in resentment. So mm. if you are working constantly for free, 
It's just like, what? but I still have to pay my rent. So that means I still have to go and get a second job to do that. So I may as well just And then you resent the industry and you resent everyone in it and it just becomes toxic. It's exploitative and yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. But that's a great, it's it's a really great goal to have. And And being honest about it, just, (sighs) yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're very validated and very safe. Great. We love that. (laughs) Given that you um, have such a big, well, what you have self-claimed is a big goal, um, (laughs) where do you see yourself in five or ten years' time? I have no idea. Being paid to act. Being paid, being, yes, a sustainable living wage in the gig economy would be delightful. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I mean, but you go, you know, five years, the, like the landscape could change so much. I could mm-hmm. suddenly be really irrelevant, you know, like I could suddenly be, you know, not the kind of person you need in 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 a show. And from a diversity point of view, I go, yeah, if that's what happens, that's what happens and that's totally cool. Um, you know, if people that are more diverse start getting taking up space I would love that and if that's where like you know so you just go I don't know how long I'll be relevant or how long I'll keep getting work and so I go I don't know where I'm going to be in five years I might be doing great (laughs) or I might have diversified my like arts practice and and be you know doing a lot of things which would be quite lovely to be I just want to as long as I get to be creative I think I'll be happy yeah but I don't see myself quitting acting anytime soon unless I really get forced out of it you know, oh my god! Um, you must never quit acting. I won't. You're too. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I see myself hopefully, hopefully with a stable, some level of stability. Still acting, still making art would be the dream. Love it. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself in ten years? Ooh. Oh, heavy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see how it feels. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's such a big question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I know. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Uh, well, from a from a chicken and chips point of view. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. I can't talk Go. about myself personally because fuck if I fuck I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> God, if I think about Seriously. ten years, my kid's going to be fourteen. Mm-mm. Oh, so you'll be doing the I'll teenage thing. I'll have a fourteen-year-old daughter. <laughs> I'm a 12 year old um, which you know it will be great because she'll be able to shower herself and feed herself her own dinner so mm-hmm. you know a bit more freedom probably but from a chicken and chips point of view we're going to be an empire <laughs> I see I told you I told you good the big goals thing oh, good I wish I'd said I was going to be an empire <laughs> you will be an empire you'll That's be an so empire. Will be. a great answer a great answer. I'm step. all for the manifesting shit, you know. So if mm-hmm. you don't put it out there, you don't get it back. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Manifesting and hard work and mm-hmm. yeah, you can get there. Yeah. I always think, did I manifest it or am I just privileged? Well, there's a bit of that. But... Well, there's a bit, yeah. There's some privilege and luck thrown in there. We're not, mm-hmm. we won't. Yeah. And hard work, like you said. Hard work. Hard yes. Work. You can't. Yeah. But, yeah, I think as an actor I'm always aware of, like, the opportunity to do, like, we'll all work hard, you know, but mm. the opportunity to get to work hard is what's rare. That's what we're, like, we're mm-hmm. here for. Like, that's yeah. what we're fighting for. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Fully. Love it. 
love it. You should, I can't believe you're only 24. I know, mind. It, hurt. it hurts, but I, I love you, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the oldest I've ever been. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you're very wise. I don't know where I sit. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> that is wise. All right. Shall we run Get into around. rapid fire? Yeah. That's, I'm ready. Okay. Oh, God. Al. Oh, I want to start with what's your most irrational fear? It used to be cats, but I went to therapy for a year. And now you were a cat. I know. After therapy, I went to a year of, oh, my God, yeah, this is not rapid fire. It's a whole story. But I almost died like a few times because my neighbor got a cat and I, every time I'd see it, I'd run onto the road um, because I was so, I had such an irrational phobia. It was, it was terrifying. I would like, if I saw a picture of a cat, I would cry. Um, and so I went to like therapy for a year and went through like systemic, like systematic desensitization. What? Yeah. Like for a whole year, like would look at pictures of a cat and try not to cry in therapy. <laughs> it was, I don't know where it came from. It must've been like a childhood thing. Um, and so, yeah, I did therapy for a whole year. And at the end of it, my therapist was like, okay, it's time. You need to hold a cat. Like, this is the penultimate. This is what you've been working towards for a year. <laughs> she took me to like, I would outside the cat, the cat shelter. And I would just stand there for like weeks on end. I would just go every day and just stand there for a bit and cry at, on the pavement. So afraid to go inside. And then finally she was like, enough's enough. You're going inside. I'm taking you. So she took me inside and we went into the room where all the cats are just like walking around, terrifying little beasts. And, um, and she put one in my arms and I was bawling my eyes out. Just bawling my eyes out with this cat. I was so afraid of. And um and then I started sneezing and I realized I'm allergic to cats. Like all wow. this work. Oh, I know. Yeah. But I don't run out onto roads when I'm I see cats now. I love cats. They're my favorite. I like them over dogs even. So Whoa, heavy. Wow, that really cha- that's yeah. changed your life that <laughs> Money well spent, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that's Wild. Also, that yeah. would make a great film. Oh, so embarrassing. <laughs> oh my God. It is a weird thing, yes, but sorry, your first rapid fire question was such a long story. Wow. I'm so glad. That was really good. <sighs> All right. If you were caught at the fridge door, at the fridge with the door open at midnight, what would you be doing? Um, ooh, 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 ooh. I would be getting... Oh, I know what the answer is, but it's too embarrassing. I'm gonna say, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> this is meant to be rapid fire. What would I be getting from the fridge? Um, I'll just say, I really like dates. Like, I really like dates. That's <laughs> so, okay. So, dates are delicious. Yeah, dates thanks. <laughs> Validation. I- um, I yes. put dates in my smoothie. Um, it's all good. Yeah, they're it. great. I make my own almond butter and I put them in my dates with yep. some, yeah, salt flakes. That's what I've been doing all day, every I day. I do that when I make almond milk too. So, you know, I'm with you on this. Okay, great. <laughs> this is a safe space. <laughs> this is a really safe space. <laughs> <laughs> oh. anyway. I don't make almond milk. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, what do you have the least amount of filter about? Ooh, um, what do I have the least amount of filter about? I think I'm trying to be better. I'm very like, I've always been like the annoying feminist in my family, you know? Like, um, I'm trying to be better about not jumping on people <laughs> with my political views and, and being like having open conversations without, without, um, 
getting defensive? Yeah, yeah. Bit more openness, bit more. I mean, not have not become less of a feminist by any stretch of the imagination, but trying to be more thoughtful about how to include people in my conversations. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Great. Okay. What is your walk on song? My walk on song? Mm. What's a walk on song? Like if someone was going to announce you winning an award on a big stage, what would be your walk on <gasps> song? Oh my God. I can't believe I don't have one of these already. Um, it would be, oh God, this is a terrible answer, but all that's coming to my head right now is the final countdown by Europe, <laughs> <laughs> which I listen to on repeat every day. Like, you know, every like triple J's hottest 100 before that for like four hours straight, I'll listen to it. the final countdown. Cause I love that song. It's so funny. Wow. That's such a good song. <laughs> that's, that's great. I love that. <laughs> Okay, what's the most surprising thing you've experienced in the last year? In the last year? Most surprising thing I've experienced in the last year would be, oh, my God, I started playing keyboard. I've, Mm -hmm. like, always wanted to play. I've always loved, like, music and acting, and I was never allowed to do any art stuff as a kid. And I've bought my own keyboard, and I've been playing it, and I suck ass at it. But, like, it's so exciting. Like, I love to suck at stuff because I think it's such a like, exciting thing to learn something new. And when I was a kid, I used to do, like, every semester I'd learn a new skill. Like, I'd buy myself juggling balls and learn to juggle one semester. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) do something. I did pottery for a bit. I did, like, you know, weird skills. And so, like, learning a new skill after years of of forgetting that that was a thing that was a really big part of my life um, has been really exciting. I would say keyboard. Great. Um, what's the most surprising thing about you that we may not know? I already fucked. I already said the cat story, which is <laughs> would be <laughs> is my usual go-to if I want to surprise someone. Um, almost died because I'm scared of cats. Um, oh, something about me that you wouldn't know. I can eat really spicy food. Ooh, like really spicy. It. Yeah, like I had de bomb from from um, you know the hot ones like de bombs like the one everyone hates. Oh, the sauce. Yeah, the yeah. Sauce. Have you seen? Do you watch hot ones? Yeah. You don't watch hot ones? Oh my god, you should. They're they're really great interviews. Um, but they basically have ten chicken wings and ten hot sauces, going from like least hot to most hot. And de bombs this one that's just like vile, like it's really hot and like, and I had it and I was like, yeah, okay, it's not nice, but it's it's doable. Oh, wow. Okay. Hot food. Yeah. That's also probably one of your secret, like, talents. Mm. I feel like not. Yeah, being Indian. Yeah. <laughs> it's my culture. My taste buds were burnt off at infancy. <laughs> That's cold. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Um, book the room, not the gigs up there. But also I would say um, I once heard someone say the most important connections in your career is it's not some big man in a suit, it's your mates that you'll collaborate with and work with time and time again and they'll root for you and you'll root for them and that is, like, sick advice for an actor to hear. Yes. Oh, my God. So many great things in this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the final question is, who would you cast as yourself in a film about <gasps> you? I would cast my little brother because he would do it so unwillingly. <laughs> He would be mortified. Yeah, he looks just like me with less hair, and it would be really funny. 
I love, I love that. Right. I wish I had like a fun, famous person answer. No, that's Anthony no. Hopkins. I cast Anthony Hopkins or my brother. It would be between them. That's we'll see great. who does a better job. You cast an up and comer, you know, an yeah. unknown face. So we, that's and it's like gender it. bending. Yeah. Yes, I hadn't thought of that. Yep. <laughs> I hadn't yep. thought about the gender discrepancy there, but <laughs> conscious that's casting, awesome, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. This has been really lovely. It's been so insightful. Thank you. That's the end of the episode. So we hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to like, subscribe, follow and comment, share whatever you do um so tell your people yeah tell your people so other people can also benefit from the clusterfuck that is stefan out see you next time (laughs) 